Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by VCR Now. Are you looking for an opportunity to captivate and enhance the experience of those who visit your stadium, arena, house of worship, or business? VCR Now can help you achieve that goal with a total experience. VCR Now is a technology organization that can fulfill your LED, audio, video, lighting, networking, security, and infrastructure dreams. Visit VCRNow.com to learn more. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. And get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFTA. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show whose last hope for a championship in this season is the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Stinky. <laughs> My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places, or just in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Hello. It almost sounds like you said duck. Like a the quacking duck. The duckchess of the duck dorks. The duckchess of the dorks. Eh, it works. Today is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. It is 317 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to former Ranger 8 Paolo Espino. Episode 1522. On today's show, folks, we'll talk about last night. Stinky. <clears throat> Talk about last night. In the back half of the show, it's Math Tuesday. I hope you've got Math the, Tuesday. You have the video queued up. The oh intro? yeah, okay, dude! I've been sure. waiting on I'm this just one. Sure. Just <laughs> I thought about just playing it now so we can see it multiple times. We're gonna dive inside the Texas high school football, the Dave Campbell's Texas football high school football game projections and how they did in 2022. What we learned about them, what we can glean from them, the biggest upsets of the year. We'll talk about all of that coming up here at the back half of the show here on Math. Tuesday, but first, do we have first four through the door, Mademoiselle? We sure do. It was uh, Zill0678. Yes. Yeah, boy. Never or reveal your, your name. <laughs> never reveal your name. I never want to know what your name is. I don't want to know who you are. I want you to always be that weird screen name. I'm sure it's wonderful, but I don't know. But it's better to not know. Exactly. Um, Nick Morton, Tony Blaylock, and Lal Good. Welcome in, fellas. Or lady fellows. Or lady fellows. We we'll don't know. never know. And I don't want to It know. could be another unfeeling robot. We uh, don't know. You know what? Part of me <laughs> hopes. All right, Pickle. Let's talk a little bit about last night. So, um, it happened. I have gotten to the point where if I, if it is an evening sporting event. Okay. And I cannot lock in. Like if it's an important evening sporting event. Mm-hmm. And I cannot lock in for the duration. I am DVR and catch up guy. 
Okay. Yeah, it's nice. You can you can fast forward through the commercials. I am DVR and catch up guy. And so last night, bedtime duty called. And first of all, six forty five kick, huh? Huh. I get it's on the West Coast. I was going to say they did that so it wasn't a nine thirty kick on you in the what? East Coast. Make the East Coast suffer. They decided to live on the East Coast. Don't punish God's time zone. <laughs> Also, a 4.45 local kick. Weird. I like it. Living in California must be weird. Like, just from a sports perspective. Like, mm-hmm. living on the West Coast. Must be weird. Anyway. it could. Be, it's weird on either of the coast, honestly. Yeah. That's why we live here. In God's, God's time, time zone. zone. So, I did my bedtime duties and all that fun stuff. For my son, not for... <laughs> for you. <laughs> He was like 7.30, rolled around, and it's time to put on my jammies. cleaned up the kitchen, stuff like that. And it got to be, it was probably about 8. No, that was post-game. That was post-game pudding. Oh, okay. Got to be about 8 o'clock, a little after 8, before I was like, cool, I can sit down, and I can now actually devote my attention to the national championship game. They've got about an hour and 20 head start on me, which is perfect, because Mm -hmm. zoom through commercials, zoom through halftime, et cetera, et cetera. It, first, were you staying off of social media at this try, point? Yeah, I was trying okay. to stay off social media. Because that's the key to being oh, a yeah. DVR guy. You cannot hop no. on Twitter. So I have my phone charging in the other room, but I was like, okay, great. Before I sit down on the couch, I'll grab my phone. Mm-hmm. Not a text message from my brother. Oof. And my brother said something along the lines of... Assuming this is Matt. Yes, my older brother. Starting to wonder if this is going to be Alabama-Notre Dame. And, of course, that was a very famous, famously a lopsided mm-hmm. national championship game. And at that point, I was worried mm-hmm. about our fair frogs. Because going into last night, if there was going to be a blowout pickle, I'm fairly certain we knew which way the blowout was going to go. It would have been truly a sports-like dumbfound moment if there was a blowout that went the other if way. If TCU just whipped him up and down the field. Yeah. Right? That, that would have been, been like mouth drop. Shocking. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Georgia wins the national championship game, squeaks by with a 65-7 victory over TCU. And we knew going into the game that TCU was a pretty sizable underdog. Mm-hmm. And we knew, and with that, I think we knew, either saying it explicitly or feeling it implicitly, that the path to victory for TCU was going to be relatively similar to their path to victory over Michigan in the national semifinal, which was, you got to play great, Mm -hmm. your opponent needs to fart around a little bit. And you got to stop the run. You got to come up with a couple big splash plays. Mm -hmm. That was basically it. You needed you needed to play your best game. They need to have a relatively off night, Mm -hmm. and maybe and you'd probably need to have one or two big plays. And three turnovers in the first half does not equate to that. So let's talk about both sides because this is a both sides thing. On the TCU side, they played terrible. Mm They were making mistakes that they have not made in any other game throughout the year. I don't think, I don't think that they could have played worse. 
And functionally, what we're talking about, and there's going to be a lot made about the fact that this was a 65-7 to game. There is no real tangible difference, in my opinion, between 38-7 and 65-7. They're all blowouts. They're all butt kickings. It was garbage time entirely in the second half. When it was 35, when it was 38-7 uh, at halftime, the game was functionally over. The rest of the game is in garbage time as well. So when we're talking about the game, what I mean is the first half. Everything that happened in the second half is window dressing, in my opinion. But TCU played terrible. I thought Max Duggan, pretty poor. They were not able to run the ball. I don't know how much they missed Kendra Miller, but I thought they got bullied in the trenches. Mm -hmm. They got their teeth kicked in in the trenches. Part of this is a, and it's, and it's a holistic failure from TCU. It's a holistic failure. It's on the coaches because I thought that their game plan offensively was lacking specifically they were fairly sure that they could take advantage of a relatively vulnerable Georgia secondary mm -hmm. but what they forgot is that Stetson or not Stetson Bennett um, uh, Max Duggan would need time to throw mm -hmm. to get these deep routes going and basically they hit one big play they won big play it was the 60 yarder to Darius Davis and that's about it that's about the whole, that's the entirety of it. They were able to do it once, and the rest of the time, Max Duggan was being harassed in the backfield, and any yeah. sort of deep shots they were looking to take were not there. And then at that point, they smell blood in the water, and, and they go from there. So, and then that's the offensive side. The defense, I probably don't need to tell you, horrifying last night it was really really bad and I think number one happened and you can go roll back the tape on our preview episode when we were talking about this game and we said that both of our largest concerns was them stopping Stetson Bennett on the run mm -hmm. because we know that he can pass it and the mm -hmm. secondary got absolutely torched last night as much as we blew up how good that secondary was they looked confused they looked like they played scared it was very very disappointing to see the secondary played but I think that we hit the nail on the head that the way that Georgia was going to destroy them if that was to happen was going to be allowing Stetson Bennett to get out of the pocket and just run past him and yes. he did that time and time and time again that first touchdown when he ran it in I was going oh god the defensive line got clobbered this, and Stetson Bennett, nobody came within five yards of him. Mm -mm, he could do whatever ever. he wanted. He could do whatever he wanted. And the secondary just didn't match up, plain no. and simple. Part of that is that there was no pressure, and so if you've got eight seconds to throw, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. But they couldn't stop the run. So that's part of it. Okay, Part of it is that TCU played terrible. I don't know that they could play a worse game. Mm -hmm. Let's also give a lot of credit to Georgia who I don't know that they could play a lot better than that. No. That was, I count, basically, again, we're talking first half because that's when the game was... A game. A game. Second half is basically just an exhibition. Recess. I count in the first half two genuine negative plays. Two plays that they operated that... I think TCU won those plays, okay? One of them was third and it was uh, it was third and seven at the TCU 10. This is they're up they're up seven nothing and TCU's just fumbled. They hand the ball to Darius Davis, he fumbles, they cough up the ball. Mm -hmm. TCU gets or and they get the ball at the 33 yard line. TCU 33. 
Third and seven of the TCU 10. Stetson Bennett pressured, has to check it down to Dewan Edwards, and they stop him short. That was a really important play for TCU to force a field goal when you're giving them the ball basically in field goal range yes. already. That was especially one, after a turnover. That was one winning play for TCU. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and one, there was one very losing, one, one one negative play for Georgia. And there was very much still life in that game mm-hmm. at that point. The other play, huge life. The other play was the um, the long pass to Darius yes. Davis. Yeah, sixty five yards. Si- yeah, sixty yards. Sixty. That's yeah. the and and at that point that set up their only touchdown of the game. And that was a certified winning play for TCU. That was a negative play for, for Georgia. And that was followed by it because Correct. that 63 yard came after they held him. And so at that point, what, it was 14 mm-hmm. 7. Mm-hmm. The rest of the game, as it functioned in any sort of meaningful way, Georgia was almost perfect. Almost perfect. I don't mean to be glib, and I don't mean to be like reductive but Georgia just has better players and they have more of them okay that's that's that sounds like simple and reductive but it's the, the truth you go watch go read uh, Mike Craven's column that he wrote there at SoFi Stadium last night and he basically lays it out Georgia just has more better players that's just it. Like, the rosters are not super comparable at this point. To wit, our friends at 247 Sports, according to them, tech, Georgia has the second most talent-rich roster in college football. 68 of their 85 scholarship players are four- or five-star players. 68 out of 85. That's incredible. TCU... Ranks 32nd. Mm-hmm. Okay. 17 of their 85 are four or five stars coming out of high school. Now, that's not everything, but recruiting is the lifeblood of the sport. And so, if you have a more talented roster, which Georgia very clearly did, they're going to have the advantage. And if you start making mistakes, that is how you get 65 7 in a national championship game. Right. And I think that that was, that was the most evident in my mind, again, watching the TCU defensive backs go up against the wide receiving core hmm. that Georgia has. It just, that's a very good defensive unit. Sometimes. There is no doubt about it. They just were outsized. They were out athletic. I mean, athleticism. Like, there was nothing that George, that TCU could do to match up to that level. You don't see it a ton. You don't see it really in the NFL unless you're seeing, like, the Chiefs play the Texans. Yeah, and that... Yeah. Where there's just a talent gap, yep. right? There's just... And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to insult TCU, just mm-hmm. the truth. I don't think... I think this says more about Georgia than it does about TCU. Yeah, well... They're just I, on a diff, they're, they operate in a different universe. Yeah, and I think that you can, you can compare them to almost anyone. I mean, Ohio State played them really, really well. There's no denying that. But you can compare them to almost any other team. But Ohio, in, State's, Ohio State's in that echelon, too. Yes, is, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just a... This isn't a TCU thing. I think that you could put them up against a name brand like Texas, and they would mm-hmm. still out... Like, the mm-hmm. talent gap would still be huge. Mm-hmm. This is like here and then the field is basically that, what yeah, this ranking I mean, you're, is. You're, that is. That shows to me the gap between yes. what is functionally, and we can talk about whether or not that's a problem for college football, but the haves and the have-nots, Yeah. right? And you saw that on full display last night. Can I tell you what I thought was the, was the biggest game, the biggest play of the game last night? Yeah. Norm Hitchkiss does this on the ticket all the time. He's like, five key plays you might have missed. 
<laughs> There's 44 seconds left in the first quarter. It's 17-7. to mm-hmm. George has just gone down and scored. Mm-hmm. But TCU is driving. Okay? 10-yard run for Amari DiMarcato. Mm-hmm. First down to the 32. Seven-yard run for Amari DiMarcato to the 39. Mm-hmm. 10-yard pass from Duggan to Jared Wiley right down the seam. First down. That was midfield. a really good one. Really they're, good they're play. midfield. And they're driving. Mm-hmm. They're driving. And on first and 10... Max Duggan gets sacked, and he gets crunched by Michael Williams. Yeah, I kind of audibly gasped on that one. Gets crunched. Loses eight yards. And at that point, the game, we didn't know it then, but the game was over. Mm -hmm. Because that sets you up into second and 18. And you're just not going to convert a lot of second and 18s. You're already down 10. Sure enough, they end up punting three plays later. Georgia goes on an 11-play drive to make it 24-7. Max Duggan throws a terrible pick. Touchdown, terrible pick, touchdown. It's 38-7 at halftime, and the national championship game is over. That sack was functionally the end of the ball game. And I thought that it was a credit, again, to the, to the, the Georgia defensive line which dominated this game. Mm-hmm. They dominated this game. Yeah, it was it was scary to watch. Um, there's going to be, like, uh, one, one more thing before we leave. And we can talk more about this over the course of the week. It's the offseason. Now we've got plenty of, plenty of time. But one more thing before we leave. There was this, like, notion last night on social media. And I think a lot of people just want to roast TCU. Baylor fans want to roast TCU. People who don't like TCU want to roast TCU. Do what you want. But there was this notion last night of people who were like, this is why Alabama should have been in the playoff. Or any of these other teams, like these other teams would have given them a better fight. Would mm-hmm. have given Georgia a better fight. And maybe that's true. I do I do wonder, and, and Sonny Dyke said it going into halftime, he goes, I think we came out pretty wide-eyed in this game. And I think it showed at times. I think they looked like the moment was too big for them. But I would caution you against kind of going toward going down this path of this is why you just got to keep Alabama in or these blue bloods or anything like that, because what you're functionally saying is that we should rule 120 teams ineligible for the national championship, mm-hmm. like from the word go. We should just say yours not good enough, right? That. For TCU, a team that went through the regular season undefeated, lost an overtime game to Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game, then beat the unbeaten Big 10 champion, Mm -hmm. what you're saying is that's not good enough for them to be in the national championship. And that strikes me as a really nihilistic view of college football. Now, we can talk about the, the warts that college football has. I think there is this huge gap between the haves and the have-nots, but that's just kind of the way that the sport operates. We can talk about that. There's plenty of time in the offseason. But I think this is the immediate knee-jerk of going to, shouldn't have even been in the playoff. Well, I think that, that you need to zoom out on that and think about what you're really saying with that because what you're saying is that eh, it doesn't really matter what these teams do. They shouldn't have a path to the playoff, which is, in my opinion, again, wrongheaded 
and relatively nihilistic about like it's very eat Arby's of, well, <laughs> uh, of, of, uh, of college football. Well, and that's the other thing is those people that were saying that are typically the same people that turn around every single year and say, I'm so sick of seeing Georgia and Alabama in this thing. I'm so sick of seeing this. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, our, in order for that to change, you have to make it to where people like TCU can get in there because even right. though they went out there and they got stomped on last night, yeah. Nothing is ever going to change if they don't even get to that point. The momentum that TCU, like you said, the lifeline of this whole sport is recruiting. The The impact that that's mm-hmm. going to have solely because they made it to the championship is going to make those ripple effects that will then eventually lead to where there are competitive games with other people other than Alabama and Georgia. But if you allow those two teams and yeah. the, the Michigans or the Notre Dames or the, the little conglomerate of seven or eight teams that are always in it every single year, if you allow them to be the only people to ever make it that gap is never going right. to close ever you're spot on that's it that like what you saw last night was ugly but it's a but ripple that is effect. how you welcome more teams into the party mm-hmm. is it's not always pretty obviously not and tcu played like butt and georgia played incredible but the only way that we are going to have a more equitable sport is to continue to keep the door open that and at least to theoretically that you can earn your way into winning a national championship Mm -hmm. it hasn't you know that to me is an important part of this conversation that maybe is going overlooked and i want to make sure that we're not kind of diving into nihilism of like ah well it just doesn't matter um because it does yeah, because think about the two semifinal games we got. Both of them were outstanding yeah, games. Fair. This one might have been a stinker, but if you keep chipping away at that, eventually mm-hmm. you're going to have a playoff that's actually fun to watch the entire way through because it hasn't been like that in any of the years past. Congratulations to Georgia, national champions. Mm-hmm. It's a great season for TCU. It's going to sting for about a week, but in about a week I think they'll look around and say, man, we're playing the national championship game, mm-hmm. and that was pretty cool. Anyway, that closes out the college football season. Hmm. And really, again, all that's left is the Cowboys. Stinky. <laughs> we're Texas football today. We're, we're, we're Texas football today. We're here every week at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Now we're from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW.
Folks, with the, the national championship game last night, that means that we're officially in the offseason. And I'm checking my watch here, Pickle. My, my watch says that it's Tuesday. And you know what Tuesdays in the offseason mean? Math Tuesday. It's time for Math Tuesday. <laughs> Math Tuesday. It's Math Tuesday here on Texas Football Today. The <laughs> I'm so happy. The triumphant return <laughs> of uh, America's literal favorite segment. Math Tuesday. Where we dive into the numbers <laughs> and talk a little bit about the nitty gritty of football across the state of Texas. And today, with the help of our friend Jerry Forrest at PickettonPrep.com, who I hope is feeling better. We are going to take a look at the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Computer Projections. So, uh, folks may know that if you're a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber on TexasFootball.com, you can see every week, usually Tuesday or Wednesday, we have a computer projection for every Texas high school football game. All 600-plus, however many there are, we have a projection. Now, a couple of caveats. If you play a JV team, we don't have a projection for that. Mm -hmm. If you play an out-of-state team, because we can't measure that out-of-state team, we don't have a projection for that. But we do have projections for every Texas high school football game mm -hmm. across the state of Texas. And so I figured we would take a look at how we did. Because basically, if you haven't seen them, it'll say that if Tepper High is visiting Pickle High on Friday night, mm -hmm. and... Pickle High, the computer can say, okay, Pickle High is projected to win by six points. 50. Be something like that, right? And so, but, but in the end, you know, those are just projections. Those are just predictions by an unfeeling robot. Let's take a look at how the computer projections went in 2022. And we'll start with the biggest picture, which is this. This is cool. There were 6,682 UIL Texas high school football games in 2022. And the computer proje correctly projected the winner 81.2% of the time. That's insane. 81.2% of the time they projected that. Now, one number to throw out there is that there are actually, if, you're, if you want to get really nitty gritty, there were actually 6,800. But, but... Of those 6,800, 118 of them, the computer had as too close to call. So the computer doesn't make a pick on that. They say, oh, no, it's too close to call. It's a pick It's a pick em type game. So you less that because the computer doesn't have a projection on that. The computer projected 6,682 games and got 81.2% of them right. Pretty good, I would say. Yeah. I would say I mean, an 82% clip projecting the winner. Especially out of that many games. Like, if that sample size was 200 games, 81 wouldn't be that impressive. So but it projected, so the projected the winner 61.2 or 81.2% of the time uh, in UIL Texas high school ball games. That includes, by the way, that's any game involving a UIL Texas high school football uh, game. We did not have all, so that includes like if you are a UIL team playing a private school team, mm -hmm. but this does not include private school team playing private school team. We can get those numbers as well, but I would tell you they'll be pretty similar. I focused mainly on the UIL here, UIL Texas high school games. So 81.2% of the time, that's the top line. Let's dive a little bit deeper because we mentioned that there's, we do, uh, you know, projections 
projected margins for each one. Pickle High, six-point projected winner over Tepper High. This is probably exactly what you want to see from a computer from a computer model. Mm-hmm. When the game was within one to four points, projected to be one to four points, the computer got it right 56.2% of the time. That, to me, is impressive. Yeah, because what you're saying is that it's a literal coin flip, and mm-hmm. and the computer is is kind of sniffing out who should win that game. Yeah, anything over fifty percent is really impressive. Yeah, right, should be right fifty six point two. As you zoom out, five if if a team was projected to win by between five and nine points, they got sixty seven and a half percent of them right. Okay, more than two thirds of them right. If you're projected between ten and fourteen points, ten points to two touchdowns, seventy six point eight percent correct. It keeps going up between 15 and 20 points, 82.6%. And if you were projected to win by 21 points or more, the computer predicted it right 98.7% of that time. Darn near perfect. Okay. So basically, if the computer projects you to win by 21 or more points, you can almost take it to the bank. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't always take it to the bank, Pickle, because what we always hear every week is about the big upsets, right? So according to the computer projections, here were the biggest upsets of the year. In week two, Winters beat El Dorado 18-12. Winters was projected to lose by 45 points. That is the largest margin, an underdog, uh, a largest underdog to win a game this year. In week three, in the six-man ranks, Whiteface beat Turkey Valley 64-50. to Whiteface was a 41-point underdog in that game. Now, one thing to keep in mind, I think it's really interesting you see these games, you see these things early, right? You see these, especially all three of these are early in the season, right? In the end, that ended up not being all that much of a uh, of of a um, of an upset. You see, because Whiteface ended up being a lot better than we thought. Mm-hmm. Nine and three, Turkey Valley ended up being five and five and actually missing the playoffs. So that actually is not all that. In hindsight, it's not that surprising, knowing what we know. But early on, the computer was still very in love with Whiteface or with with Turkey Valley. Didn't know a ton about Whiteface, and sure enough, they spring the big upset. I was gonna say it's crazy that you look at the biggest regular season upsets and you see that they were all within the first three weeks of the season. That's the thing, which really shows the accuracy of. Once you get a little bit of sample data, once you get more, it data. really does figure it out. And then you see in week one, the big upset in week one was Crockett beating Marlin, forty-eight thirty-one. Now the computer doesn't know that Marlin Marlin was a, a preseason darling for us. We really mm-hmm. liked what Marlin had. They ended up going seven and five. They didn't know that they lost Darian Gallette. They didn't know they lost Darian Gallette. But Crockett ends up going and winning as a forty-point underdog. Mm-hmm. And so those were the three biggest upsets of the regular season. But you mentioned, Pickle, that those were early in the season. Mm-hmm. Early in the season, while the computer, a lot of it's based on preseason. It's all based on preseason projections at that yeah. point. Yeah, Marlon right? was a state semifinal team last the team year. we thought was going to be really good. Those were the biggest upsets in the regular season. But, but then you get to the playoffs, and at that point, the computer has a lot of data. It's got a mm-hmm. full season worth of data. That doesn't mean there's not upsets in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. These were the four biggest upsets in the playoffs. 4A Division One area round. Madisonville 9, Belleville 3. 
Madisonville was a 28-point dog in that game. And I remember we came in here after that on Monday and were like shocked. Oh, yeah, because Belleville not only the, – the one thing that the computer definitely loves is dominance, yes. and that's something that Belleville had. They were mulling over people. Yes, they absolutely were. Lakey 20 or 39, Leverett's Chapel 20, 35, or 39-35 in the by-district round. Lakey was a 28-point underdog in that one. Remember, that was a, a Leverett's Chapel team that had been cruising. They'd won nine straight. They'd looked really, really good. But in the end, they had a win over Oakwood, which was really their signature win. But in the end, they get in the playoffs, and Lakey... Who was who went to the playoffs at five and five? They end up, I think, by virtue in a lot of ways. You start looking back and how did this happen? Well, Lakey played a hellacious schedule. Mm-hmm. Lakey played Erie County. They played Medina in in, dist- in district play. They played a couple really good private school teams in San Antonio Townies Christian and Bolverde Bracken Christian, and lost to those three teams. But they're all close, and maybe we should have seen that coming. But Lakey pulled a big upset. Mm-hmm. Going back to 4A Division One, you remember El Paso Riverside was a real kind of sexy pick there in 4A Division One Region One. Big Spring made short work of them in the first round of the playoffs, beating them, uh, beating them 38-35. That's a typo on my part. 38-35. Big Spring was a 26-point dog in that game. 26-point underdog in that game was in Fort Stockton. They went out and they took it to them. 38-35. 26-point underdogs uh, to get the win there. The other one... Three Division Two Regional Final. Mm-hmm. If you thought Harmony beating Newton was a huge upset, you're right. You're correct. Harmony was a 24-point underdog, according to the computer, and was able to pull out the victory. So those are the four biggest upsets of the playoffs there. When the computer had a lot of data mm-hmm. and understanding how things how things work. If you are interested in the... Uh, if you look at the state championship games... And let me see if I can pull this up. Um... Do this real quick. I've got a spreadsheet of all the all the games. Thanks to our friend Jerry Forrest. Um, the computer in, had three games that were that were um, too close to call: Holly Refurio, South Oakland Port Nature's Groves, and Duncanville North Shore. Kind of your mileage may vary on all three of those. Say- Duncanville North Shore was obviously a, a, it lived up to a coin flip hype. Mm-hmm. South Oakland and Port Nature's was Groves pretty there pretty for about three quarters, and then Holly and then- just mowed down Refurio. Yeah, um, it got two of them wrong. China Spring, it picked Bernie over China Spring by five. That ended up being incorrect. And then it picked Mart over Albany by seven, and that ended up being incorrect. But it got the rest of them, uh, it got the rest of them uh, uh, right in all of those. So um, those are, so I guess the theoretically will go seven, two, and three, essentially, is the way that it, that it, that it, uh, it broke in the state championship games. Um, so there you have it, a, lo- a dive into how the Texas high school football game projections on TexasFootball.com did. In the end, I look at the top line, 81.6%, and I think that's pretty darn good. I do um, too. I it, think you take that you take, you take take that pretty much every, uh, every day and six, days, six times on Sunday. Yeah, because you've got to remember, too, one, the computer cannot understand, like, they don't know about injury. It doesn't sure. know about injury going into it, so I think that that plays a huge factor. And then... Too, especially when it gets to the playoff times, the fact that the margin of victory, like we want upsets in the playoffs. Like we would be sad if there weren't those upsets in the playoffs. So to see the margin of victory not be near as much as it was in week one when it was a 40 point loss, like it definitely shows the progression of how it really starts to figure and, stuff out. And that's the thing. You're exactly right. 
the mark of, of in my opinion, the, the a computer system that we're looking for is the more data it gets, the more accurate it gets. Mm -hmm. And so maybe what I'll do next is I'll go week by week mm -hmm. and figure out what the what the accuracy was each week. Theoretically, it should be a relatively straight line going mm -hmm. up and just get more accurate as it goes on. Uh, obviously, weird things happen because it is Texas high school football. But right. that's what I, I, I'd be interested. I might break that down right uh, next uh, with the remainder of my free time here today. So there you have it. Math Tuesday. Math Tuesday. Now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Um, I wanted to throw out a comment that Stutt put in that is is a really good example of this. We were talking about how obviously the playoffs, like there, there being a smaller point margin differential in the playoffs, mm -hmm. even with games that we think that are going to be, you know, fairly blowout one-sided that don't end up that way. He said that's why uh, Stanton and Childers in 2021 was so yes. massive is because they were a 40-point favorite, and we don't usually see that. Like the cap is usually 26, 27, maybe 30 ever in the playoffs. The fact that we saw the 40-point blowout was was shocking yeah exactly right and and so when you do get those and it seems like we get about two to three every year which is great because that's what we want it's fun <laughs> right that's why we want like march madness yes right um, you want that 16 seed man <laughs> yeah um but when it happens it's it is kind of a haley's comet type situation mm -hmm. so there you have it that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.